Welcome back to episode 100 of the Blockrunner Podcast. Instead of doing our normal intro, I just want to thank you for listening for 100 episodes. Your support is what keeps us going. Please take a second to rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Without further ado, I'm your host, William, always here with your co-host, Iron Man, and here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, how far will Bitcoin go in 2021? Next, Polkadot presents a similar opportunity to 2017 Ethereum. Then, what is Substrate and Parachains and how many projects on Polkadot? Finally, is Polkastarter the ICO 2.0 platform? All right, let's listen in. Holy shit, dude. How did I not know this was number 100? Yeah, dude. This is it. Why are we... Dude, this is like way too... like (laughs) Too casual? Yeah, we should have made way more of a bigger deal than this. Or just like, nah, let's just record, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this is a bigger deal for lots of reasons other than the 100, but uh, Bitcoin saw 33,000 today, dude. I know, man. To me, it's just like, I don't know, at this point, it's just white noise i guess i don't know dude <laughs> i don't know what to identify it as it's definitely like any minute now i feel like it needs to come tumbling down it's getting a little too ridiculous but yeah yeah what do i know man fucking a i mean it's the same same thing happened when uh in 2017 when it went to like three thousand dollars and it just kept going up for six months i don't think we're at that point though of, of the market cycle no i don't think i don't think we are either yeah because there's but like a couple is... indicators you can look at, right? And the big one I always look at is the, the Google trend results for like Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And if you pull that up, it's literally like, it's a little higher than what we've seen in the past, but it's nowhere near to like some parabolic run up that we saw in 2017. See, right? but the, there's a difference in there's institutional investors now. Well, that's and... what I'm saying. But like, I'm, what I'm saying, like clear indicator, of like end phase bull cycles, whenever the retail. For sure. In, for sure. Know? Yeah. yeah. So that's what, sure. that's what makes me. The fact that we're running up this high this early in the cycle makes me think. Dude, I don't know, yeah. man. I think that it has a lot of support. I think. Uh, I think. Wait, you think it's just gonna keep going? Uh, I don't think it's gonna keep going at this rate. But what I'm saying is, it once it tumbles down for like yeah. a correction, it's not gonna go that far. It's gonna go like twenty five, twenty eight. You know, something well, like I that. I think like thirty to forty percent corrections are like standard, right? Like that's a healthy pullback after like a huge run up like this. Yeah, I think. Usually, traditionally, like that's that's what you want to see out of like a. But a that's a that's like a asset. retail investor, like sort of uh, sort of investment, right? That's when the retail investor pulls out for thirty percent correction. But institutions, they're not going to be pulling out; they're locked in for a long time. Yeah, no, but somebody's pulling out, right? Or else these corrections wouldn't happen. It's just it's just market activity, you know. At some point people start taking profits do like all these people have been buying all the last year like at some point you, you want to secure some of those profits you know yeah and i, I don't know i'm just saying <clears throat> i mean it everybody's to, expecting it, it. everybody's expecting it. it's just when is it going to happen it's probably happen after 40k maybe at this rate yeah i guess at this point it doesn't really matter if it happens or not we know it's going to happen what i'm more interested in what happens after that correction like because obviously we're all sitting here waiting for Ethereum to finally like catch up, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't yet. Yeah. That's really what I've been waiting for. But more than likely, that's not what's going to happen initially. I'm pretty sure everything is going to fall down with Bitcoin as soon as it falls. Yeah. Correct. And then I don't know. That's I. I'm assuming some kind of like sideways Bitcoin action happens, and then that's when alts finally get some space to move and do their thing. Right. Know, that that's what used to happen <laughs> is that what's going to happen this time around i don't know yeah we'll see i have my own speculation now man like maybe people maybe <laughs> it's kind of like going to lead us into what we want to start talking about is the polka dot thing right like <laughs> i'm starting to think maybe ethereum isn't going to have you know like it's 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 time to shine like it did in 2017 like oh i see yeah we talked about this before how <laughs> Ethereum, it, it's the foundation of DeFi, but the actual traction and the use cases and the utility probably won't happen on Ethereum just because of the gas prices. Yeah. And even though Ethereum is solving this with ETH 2.0, which is going to be on, um, uh, instead of 
proof of work is going to be proof of stake. And so mm-hmm. theoretically it's going to be more scalable and therefore gas fees are going to be smaller. But even Vitalik says it still has a two year runway before that happens. Mm-hmm. So then the alternative is Polkadot where they talk about parachains and substrates and. Yeah. The reason why I'm so bullish on Polkadot is because I think Polkadot's positioned how Ethereum was positioned in early 2017. Right. You know, meaning like it's this whole new emerging ecosystem that not not everyone's aware of, at least not as much as as Ethereum, right? Like people have heard of Polkadot, but people aren't like actively like looking and pursuing like opportunity in that ecosystem yet. Yeah. yeah. You know, just like how Ethereum in its earlier days, people probably knew about Ethereum. It's like this new smart contract platform cooking up, but they didn't recognize the opportunity that was coming, you know, ahead. Yeah. So, and Ethereum has been around for like seven, eight years now. Like the opportunity has come and gone, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. feel like. And it, it's proven itself to not, you know, it's it's a breeding ground for innovation and like a security layer for, for value and stuff. But yeah, what you just talked about as far as like building actual scalable applications and shit like that, not so much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, we have games <laughs> choking Ethereum. And, yeah. and so and once you have a game choking Ethereum, then it's, it's not a place to build like financial applications, at least yeah. for right now. And it might come yeah, back to Ethereum and, and right now it's being built on Ethereum, but yeah. the use case and the utility of it, it's not, it's not possible in Ethereum. Like even when you want to make a trade right now where things are crazy, it's like 20 to $30 for a gas transaction. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not sustainable. Yeah. It's oh, okay if yeah. you're moving a hundred thousand dollars worth of crypto. Yeah, that's not okay, dude. And like, like I said, we haven't even hit like anywhere near peak of where it's gonna end up. You know. Agreed. And if Vitalik himself is saying like it's it's still a couple years away for these like ETH 2.0 effects to kick in, for sure it's not gonna kick in in time for yeah. this cycle, right? So Definitely not. It, all, all that's gonna happen is more frustration among the user base. Like, man, this shit sucks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all the same frustration we were feeling towards like the peak of the last DeFi cycle. You know. Remember that? It was like $100 just to execute a trade. It was insane. Yeah. It's not sustainable. It, it's not sustainable. It's going to happen again. It's going to get even worse than that. And that's why, that's why I'm thinking Polkadot, being that they they saw this coming. Gavin Wood, dude, the new fucking crypto god, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be talking about this guy pretty soon. He saw this problem from, from the very beginning in 2016. That's why he left Ethereum. Right. And to start Polkadot. So a lot of people don't know Polkadot's it's not just because it appeared in coin market cap top ten like a few months ago. Yeah. It doesn't mean it was built like a few months ago. This shit's been in development since twenty sixteen. That's right. You know? But That's they've right. been developing like like ghosts, which I kinda like. You know, they're real silent about it. But the thing I like about it is <clears throat> they're not trying to like you know, be this Ethereum killer like EOS and Cardano and you know, all the other legacy blockchain 3.0 platforms were, they claim to be like better than Ethereum. Like, yeah. You know, what we built is you guys should all stop using Ethereum because it's the MySpace, we're the, the MySpace, we're the Facebooks, you know, but Polkadot is, is they're trying to enhance Ethereum in a way, you know, by, by bridging to it and connecting yeah. with it. So, so Polkadot is all about creating these parachains, which they're, essentially like parallel chains to uh to polka dot and mm-hmm. and it's supposed to facilitate interoperable blockchain so you you theoretically you could swap bitcoin for ethereum in a decentralized exchange um and that's like one of the applications and use cases of, of polka dot which which is being done by i i guess polka swap and and a couple of others mm-hmm. um and so let's take a look at polka dot here yeah, so, we're going to do like a lot of deep diving on this channel in the future. It's kind of like what we want to talk about today is like, yeah, I mean, 20, 2020 was all about, you know, the emerging and it, well, we started off mostly covering the DeFi space, right? Yep. That was what piqued our interest. But at the time <clears throat> we were speculating like, okay, this is obviously like the next big thing in crypto, but there wasn't much like investable opportunity at the time so we kind of like neglected it in a way <laughs> yeah exactly yeah because i mean we kept talking about compound and we kept talk, talking about how compound was going to be our exit strategy and mm-hmm. then the interest rate went from like 15 percent to like one percent 
And then it was yeah. like, I don't know if it makes sense unless you had like a million dollars then it makes sense. Exactly. Um, and then, and then we saw the rise of, of sushi swap, which, and, and the whole DeFi run up, which we all bought at the top at that point, just because we got distracted by business. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we started off with DeFi and then it, it became more of like an NFT metaverse focused you right. know, channel. Right. For good reason, you know, because now we're actively building in that, in that space, but now we're, we're kind of reshifting our focus back onto DeFi, but on the on the Polkadot ecosystem, not just DeFi, just the Polkadot ecosystem as a whole, because it is it's more than DeFi, right? It's it's basically it's yeah, just like Ethereum. It's like if you take DeFi and just put it on a platform where people can actually use it without these obnoxious gas fees. That's what Polkadot allows. Now it could be used for all kinds of things, but that's like DeFi. We know that that's gonna probably be the the spear's head in terms of this bull run after bitcoin like calms down yeah um but we think the activity and the utility is going to be happening on the polka dot network yeah so it just makes sense in my eyes like like again if, if we're identifying this as like such a similar setup to what, what ethereum was in early 2017 yeah the thing to to have been doing at that time would have been to start investigating on like what's building on that ecosystem. Yeah. Right. For sure. Because that's eventually what, what led to the whole ICO boom that came like six, seven, eight months later. So there's a whole, it's kind of like history repeating itself with a whole new market, uh, <clears throat> you know, with polka dot. Yeah, that's right. There's some, there's some charts. Remember the chart I showed you it's in our discord of the uh, developer growth rate for polka dot versus Ethereum. Yeah. That would be cool as fuck to look at. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me see if I can bring it up. Yeah, bring it up without you know exposing anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exposing any that's gonna top be, secret info. That's gonna be difficult. But let oh, me. No, dude. Just so put we'll, up a picture of like a cat or something in the interim while we wait. Uh, polka dot developer. What was it? Polka dot developer ecosystem. Oh man, good luck. I mean, I found that image from a tweet, you know, so. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. Image. All right. I'll let you know if I see it. I'm not seeing it, dude. Just a lot of logos. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not the one that I remember. Okay. <laughs> well, just to sum it up, I guess. <clears throat> just imagine, you see that squiggly line? <laughs> like any of these squiggly lines imagine <laughs> two squiggly lines one representing ethereum's developer growth rate right over it's uh see just like that imagine a squiggly line that's uh, the the flatness of this graph represents ethereum's like first three to four years in existence right as a platform and it's tracking its developer activity there it is. oh there it is yeah i think All right, it's one of these. I think it's that one right, right, right above it. Right above it? Yeah, right there. That's basically where we are right now. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, so if we, if you, for those listening, definitely watch the YouTube channel. And um, so we, we're looking at a purple line here representing Ethereum developer growth, which is humongous. It's huge. It's the biggest one by far. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's it fucking looks makes Bitcoin look like totally bitched here, right? Look yeah, at that. That's right. Yeah. So I think to pay attention to here is I mean polka dots only been in existence for about three years, but make the comparisons to what Ethereum did in its first three years. You know, it's growing at a faster rate. Yeah. That's as far right. as developer activity. So you can attribute that to what? I mean obviously there's like a much more like healthier yeah, I guess well, crypto ecosystem as a whole than there was three years ago or not three years ago, six years ago, whenever Ethereum first started. So, yeah, <clears throat> but that also means there's more competition for Polkadot among developers, right? That's true. That's there's true. There's more to pick and choose from. Like you could be an Ethereum dev, you can be on Bitcoin, Tezos, Cardano, Cosmos, whatever. But Polkadot is still growing at a faster rate than Ethereum was. So, I mean, you could do with that. To me, that signals <clears throat> like, that's like know, a bullish signal. To me, I think, yeah, because ultimately, like, people try to evaluate, like, how do you evaluate a, an altcoin, you know? Yeah. 
to me, it's always been like how, how many people are actively developing for that ecosystem that that's, yeah. I mean, that's the fundamentals. I mean, you don't, yeah. I mean, you could make a ton of money in like investing in these shit coins that do like a hundred X, but you know, have anonymous team and, and all this nonsense, but, but, uh, for the long-term investor, like, like we are, we want to look at the fundamentals. And if you look at this chart, it is growing faster from the developer standpoint compared to Ethereum in, in the first three years and could potentially outpace it. So yeah, if you look at Ethereum, it's like, it's worth close to 80 billion, I think from coin market cap. Yeah. And, uh, and polka dots 4 billion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, market cap is 8 billion. Sorry. And we have <laughs> Ethereum at 88 billion. So that's a, you know, uh, that's, Polkadot could be in the range between eight billion and eighty-eight billion is what we're trying to say. Yeah, if we're just comparing it to Ethereum, and that's what you do with platforms. You know, historically, I've I've always been attracted to platform tokens because it's so much harder to speculate on like cryptocurrencies and stuff like that, right? There's not much separating one or another. But when it comes to like platforms and like different consensus protocols and stuff like that, there's 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 vast differences between these platforms. You know what I mean? Right. So, so they kind of like, they foster their own ecosystem of developers and it, it, yeah, it's, it's much easier to track the traction, you know, it's just by a simple graph like this, like See, this, this, but these this lines is, tell a whole story. It does, know? but it's, it doesn't tell, it doesn't say everything. Like for Not example, everything. I mean, Ethereum is the one who, who broke the whole smart contract idea. Right. Mm -hmm. And of course, after you submit your first commit on GitHub, when you're the first one developing smart contracts, there's not going to be a whole lot of developers on there. Yeah. But after eight years of smart contract development, Polkadot comes out. And of yeah. course, there's a whole lot more developers who are aware of smart contracts and they can take that knowledge and put it onto to Polkadot. And therefore, they're going to see more activity in the first three years. Yeah, so that that could be what... what accounts for this this gap i guess that we're seeing yeah uh but but again you gotta you gotta keep in mind like look at all these other platforms that exist whenever ethereum first started it was the only platform it was the only one right that's true it was basically ethereum and bitcoin maybe like monero and others i think i don't know but i think gavin has a lot of gravity and so just because i mean between gavin and and vitalik they started smart contracts yeah 100 percent. so I mean, if Gavin starts a new platform, I mean, you would expect it to have a lot of traction like this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, first three years, pretty good, I would say. And also keep in mind, during these first three years of development, there wasn't a token in existence. That's right. Or at least it wasn't like publicly traded. I think I think they ICO'd a token a long time ago. But yeah, private, private sale. Yeah, but still, like the big exposure comes whenever your token's live and out there in the market right now everybody's aware of polka dot you know so i'm speculating here that 2021 is going to be his breakout year just like how you saw that parabolic run up in ethereum activity i'm thinking we're going to see the same thing from polka dot yeah know? for sure just because i feel like there's just too many benefits and i've said this before man I'll, I, my, I my whole crypto career started as like a hardcore eos fanboy right because i i i, I identified there's huge issues with ethereum and that they still have yet to solve and there was other <laughs> platforms coming out that claimed you know to solve them yeah you know, at the sake of you know centralization and whatnot but does, regardless if i'm thinking mainstream adoption i'm thinking like user-friendly experience right so of course a platform where you don't have to pay hundred dollar fees makes sense to me you know yeah ab absolutely of course so but if you look at these little squiggly lines down here on this chart, there's not much developer activity going on on them. You know, all the other blockchain 3.0s that, that emerged from 2017. Yeah, and, and Bitcoin doesn't have a whole lot of uh, developers on there just because it doesn't have a whole lot of flexibility in terms of what you can do with, with that blockchain. Yeah, and I think like their community as a whole, I think they're content with what Bitcoin is. You know, oh, yeah. The store of value, utility. That's locked Obviously, up. Yeah, it's it's proven itself to be, you know, especially now. I mean, yeah, especially now. Like this is this is the last time we we will ever see a ten thousand or twenty thousand dollar Bitcoin. I mean, we might see it again through a little uh, correction, but besides this year, we're done with the twenty thousand dollar Bitcoin. 
I think. I, would, I, I don't know, man. I wouldn't say that yet. I, I think we're Maybe, done, I man. I 10, think thousand for sure. I don't know about twenty. Dude. I think you're. I think you're pushing it a little bit, dude. Think about <laughs> it. Because look, let's say it goes to hundred k or whatever, whatever, three hundred, whatever. Yeah, and it yeah, crashes yeah. for a year. It loses eighty five percent. Okay. Or ninety percent. Okay. If it does touch twenty thousand dollars again, mm-hmm. it, it would. Uh, well, I'm saying exactly twenty thousand. I'm not saying twenty nine thousand. So. If it goes yeah. to, to $20,000, it will break the whole cadence or well, the whole the whole concept of it never touches its previous all-time high. Oh, I see. Because remember, the last time it crashed to its bottom was $3,500. And so its previous all-time high before that was 1000 bucks. Oh, like 1200 or something like that. Yeah, right? 1400 whatever it was. Okay. So and what happened to the cycle before that? Do you remember? Um, so that was a little bit more volatile. So I think the all time high before that was 400. Yeah. 450. But okay. I think it did touch 450 again. It definitely did. It definitely did. It definitely did. Cause I, I, that's but this time is different. Dude. I mean, this time is going to be time is different. What do you mean? No, you saying, only have one data point, dude. Well, like, there's one data point, but dude, this is like, there's a lot more. There's a lot more stability in Bitcoin because of these huge I know, institutions. We, we have unprecedented things looming beyond the horizon. You know what I mean? That Bitcoin's never experienced before. We have complete financial collapse potential. Complete. That's financial a good point. Collapse. That's a good point. Just like the pandemic, it yeah. touched in the three thousand range again, which I didn't think it was going to happen. But a, a, a worldwide pandemic. Come on, that's. Yeah, but what's what's worse than a worldwide pandemic is a worldwide a financial collapse. collapse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's agreed. nothing worse than that. You're right. You're yeah. right. Barring uh, a huge catastrophe like that, like a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> then then no, I won't ever touch twenty thousand dollars again. In yeah, my opinion, I'm just saying, like, it, it's just too early in Bitcoin's like history to kind of, like to make these like certain claims of like maintaining this moon chart you know aesthetic <laughs> like it, it has to maintain this fucking beautiful curve no well, matter what happens but it's not world, an right? arbitrary curve though i know it's like, back by know? math and whatnot right satoshi vision yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just saying like it during its uh, 11 10 year existence or whatever it's been b- basically bullish conditions like from from a macroeconomic yeah, that's true that's true know? I'm just, I'm just a little skeptical. I mean, Bitcoin came out at the very bottom of the last recession. Exactly. Like and we're way overdue for one. And we just got done like way over inflating our money supply. Like we don't know what's about to come. It's like from an economic. Yeah, that's a know, good point, dude. Repercussions, dude. We don't know. I mean, dude, I hamper about this all the time on this fucking. <laughs> <laughs> this is basically like my, my, my fucking venting zone for my, my cynicism i guess i don't yeah, know yeah but but right now it might seem like negativity but like two three four years from now i might be like predicting like the future you know what i mean no absolutely we don't know i mean if you're talking about a u.s financial collapse because they keep printing more money i mean that's a bullish signal for bitcoin wouldn't it yeah yeah i'm not doubting that that possibility i just don't think the rest of the world is going to maybe uh, that's what i need to see basically i need this theory to be tested you know i need these uh i need the scientific evidence yeah yeah Yeah, you need to see it i need to see it to believe it man because for for, it definitely failed uh like the short-term testing like whenever there's mass panic around (laughs) in the world yeah people definitely didn't flee to bitcoin you know people flee out of bitcoin and just because it recovered because of these like moon mass statistics and whatnot and then it, it recovered alongside the the money stimulus that was coming from the financial system, you know? Yeah, it could have been Without benefiting. that stimulus, Bitcoin probably wouldn't have came back. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Potentially. We don't know, but this this is all, this is our reality up until this point. So yeah. whenever that stimulus ends uh, and Bitcoin needs to correct, will it come back? I don't know. Yeah. We don't know, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean... <laughs> I mean, if it does, I think I think Andreas Antonopoulos would agree with me. I think he kind of like warned us about this, like whenever we interviewed him last year. Yeah, he was kind of like, 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 guys, Bitcoin can still fail, you know. Right. Like, just because it's had ten years of success doesn't mean like we're 
we're out of the the deep end like, <laughs> for good you know what i mean this thing could still go to zero at any point like we don't know for but, sure but when when are we out of the deep end though when countries adopt it I yeah mean, that's, I that's think a tall ask like, huh that's a tall ask in my opinion when countries like start hoarding it like they do gold i mean there's companies as that's, big that's, that's the ask dude well, that's a <laughs> tall ask to be, i know but if you want it to be gold digital gold that's literally what has to happen like yeah without that like but, I, hold on hold on so there's still companies bigger than countries buying bitcoin yeah that's true. And and they're they're holding Bitcoin as their asset reserve instead of cash reserves. Yeah. No, these are good signals. I like I like seeing them. So and I think I mean obviously if you the, the the person, the individual moves faster than a company, right? That's why startups move faster than these like slow giant companies. And then we have big companies buying Bitcoin who move faster than countries. Yeah. So once there's enough companies who hold Bitcoin, you know the next cycle is all about which country is going to be adopting Bitcoin. You know this is going to happen. Yeah, I think we're at that point. Like, no longer is this, like, internet fund money. Like, <laughs> that's not what's driving these prices anymore at this point. Like, yeah. We're starting to get, in, like, you need some serious, serious liquidity to move these markets at this point. I oh, think. for sure. Yeah. Like, or at least, not maybe we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you won't be seeing uh, like huge volatility with Bitcoin after countries start stepping in. Yeah, all of a sudden that escape velocity is is gone. Like you're not gonna see you know these ten percent losses anymore. Or actually, yeah. you could, but they're gonna be like in the in the ranges of millions of dollars. Yeah, Charles Hoskins has said something really interesting in the last couple of days, like I watched an interview of him, like he's really in, in tune with what's going on with like the Georgia primary election. Yeah. And I'm sorry for all you guys who live like outside of the United States who are listening to this. And like, it, it must be like super frustrating to hear like, like what's going on in American news. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it, it, like somehow this impacts you, but it does obviously. Yeah. You know, what happens in, in, in our country, it, it has effects on everyone else's life unfortunately fortunately for us but unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately like from the grand scheme of things that's not how it should be but that's just the way it is right but he was saying like this this georgia runoff election has huge implications as far as like crypto regulations go you know because i guess like the current administration is kind of like pro bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and there's it's very highly likely that they're going to lose their power in the senate because of this election and the incoming uh, administration will mm -hmm. probably not be as friendly from what from what he said. That that's his prediction. Well, so how f a friendly Senate? How did it benefit cryptocurrency? I guess like they haven't really addressed like the what we're talking about, right? Like the impending um implications of what like cryptocurrency and like decentralized oh, banking and all this shit is really going to do to society right like th that well that conversation hasn't been like kicked around congress <laughs> that reminds me of the industrial revolution where this new technology changed the the economy fundamentally changed the economy yeah and we're, we might be staring down the barrel of of that level of change with uh, cryptocurrencies and yeah. so, in my opinion, they have people who understand this technology well enough. Maybe the the actual talking heads don't, but they'll they'll come to realize that this is not a thing that you fight. It's a thing that you adopt. And all these this old infrastructure, this old banking system where it's open from eight to three o'clock in the afternoon, where you can do banking stuff, that's just going to be a thing of the past. And these new systems will be adopted. Now, will it be like a clean transition? Absolutely not. But you're going to see Chase and Bank of America and all these like huge financial incumbents just start investing in these different cryptocurrency projects and just become part of the, the next wave. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a business. I mean, think about it. If you run a business, you want to you wanna figure out ways to make your current, your current uh, business model obsolete because somebody's going to take you out. 
if you don't do that. And so they have plenty of money to to figure this out and start adopting these different cryptocurrencies because it's going to come whether they like it or not. Yeah, but how does how does the central bank benefit from <clears throat> adopting like the decentralized nature of this technology? Like, well, I that's mean, literally like their profit machine, isn't it? Like becoming custodians of all of our wealth. Yeah, and, but I mean, think about what these different projects are doing. They're not doing it for free, right? They make money somehow. Well, not as much as like really the people. The, the idea of these projects is is the the community makes the money, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I like, mean, you would just have a highly concentrated community of like big bag holders called the Bank of America. <laughs> you know? that, that's basically Ripple, isn't it? Like something like oh, yeah. that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what we want. We don't want more Ripples. Out yeah, here. but think about it. Just like the Centerland or any other project is run by whales. And yeah. so if, if you have the money, then why not be a whale in the cryptocurrency space? Because you'll be like the Bank of America. You'll be the big, you'll be yes, the whale. I don't think that's how they, they're going to think. They're going to think like, dude, that's way too much work. We should just crush it instead. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we already have all the money in the you know world, what? right? It's probably, it's probably the right sort of strategy because they have a, a foothold in, in the political system. So I think yeah, that would probably be their first strategy. But, 100%. But it's, I mean, it's not going to work in the long term. It's just not going to work. It's definitely going to scare a lot of people, you know? Yeah. It's going to scare enough people to like where all of a sudden they claim, like, if you're a holder of this stuff, like, you're, you're, you're now a felon. The same yeah, way it would, scare, it would scare people, like, if there is an outright ban, like, you know, firearms in our country, like, you know, if you don't turn in your weapons now – or like in the next six months, then you you are felon beyond this point. You know, <laughs> I say like ninety percent of the people are gonna turn in those weapons. You know, ten percent are gonna be the the renegades. Be like, fuck you, government. You don't hold on to my weapons and like burying them underground or something. You know. Yeah. But they have the power, man. It's the government. You know. Uh, I mean, this is, this is the I legacy don't... system legacy system we're battling against. You know, this there's no way it's gonna be like this nice clean like. It's like, yeah, man, but everyone's, everyone's but the legacy system is self-defeating, though. Like it, 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 yeah, it by itself cannot last that much longer. I mean, let's say yeah. in a hundred years, there's no way we're trading U.S. dollars in a hundred years from now. Probably not. So maybe like. So if it's not if it's not the USD, then what is it? Just a different fiat currency? Like it, it's it's another self-defeating system. Yeah, I can't imagine the government like. <laughs> After the U.S. dollar collapse, like, what? Are they, how are they going to inform the public of like a we're relaunching the dollar? Yeah. Like, how how does that pitch? Clean go? slates. Yeah, clean slate. Like, we no longer, you know. It's yeah. Support legacy. It's, it's USD. Earth 2.0. Yeah, this is XUSD or some shit. That's fucking. I can't imagine that. Yeah, I, I can't. That's, that's whenever things like yeah, like what's being built right now, you know, Bitcoin and whatnot. They're going to become much more see, obvious to people. You see, know? back when the dollar used to be backed by gold, people didn't really understand, like, the implications of that. So when the transition happened, it was like, well, the government said that they're accepting this this dollar now, so we're just going to use it. That's true. But people are far more intelligent now, and, you know, people are going to fight back. And I don't think just another fiat currency is going gonna, is gonna to do it. No. I don't think so either, but I'm I'm thinking they're planning something. <laughs> they have to account for that probability, right? You know what? I think what they're planning is, I don't want to call it conceding, but I mean, we saw a couple articles where the U United States is purchasing a bunch of mining Bitcoin mining equipment. Oh, of course. So they want to. They they're wanna... fucking extra late to that game. I can't believe it took them that long. Yeah. Well, I but guess like it, it makes sense. They have the funds to. To be an equal, you know, participant. Mm -hmm. Like they're late, but yeah, who, who gives a fuck, right? Like, it's it's only it's only ten years in, right? Bitcoin, yeah, is gonna continue spitting out bitcoins until twenty one forty. Yeah, so they're not late. Yeah, <laughs> they're early. We were just extra early, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> earlier than them, which is good. Yeah, but yeah. So we got a long road ahead. So yeah, all I'm saying is. No, I don't think Bitcoin's gonna go away. 
its utility has proven itself for sure. Like ten years is enough for me to like to not doubt it at this point. It's yeah. just I, I just I, I can't support your claim that like this we'll never see twenty k again. <laughs> That's all it is. I just because I just don't know, man. Only because you know we don't know what's you know what's really gonna happen during like an economic downturn. That's it. That's my only contingency. Yeah. Know? No. Once I, we get past that, how whatever that looks like, however long that takes, who the fuck knows? Once we get past those dark days, <laughs> yeah. Then we could we have way more like, you know, evidence to like support Bitcoin's true utility as like the store of value. You know what I mean? Uh. Yeah. No. I I totally agree. I think back in the day, um. When, I mean, just just a few months ago, when we were talking about Bitcoin not not going back to like five thousand or four thousand or whatever it was that we said, it took a worldwide pandemic to bring it back to that price, only for like two days. That's true. Yeah. And so, so you're right. I mean, if if we have a financial collapse to the one where you know the big one, the big one, the depression, because the fiat system has officially failed us mm-hmm. that, I mean, we could see, you know, $18,000 Bitcoin or, you know, and just remember this day and like, remember that as like the biggest buying opportunity of your life, basically. Yeah. Just like the COVID drop off was dude. That was a, Oh yeah. Back, that was one of the be- biggest buying opportunities ever, man. Dude. And it was, it was so like sketchy at that point because everything was crashing, everything. Yeah, everything. And so I, it, I was literally falling. It was, yeah. It was and it didn't exactly make sense to like take your cash and just like dump it into Bitcoin at that point because you didn't know what was happening. Yeah. It was just it was just a panic. Like emotions are just too powerful, man. Like they yeah. they took they took over for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and uh, especially me because I was like I was I was looking for like a reason to be bearish on things. <laughs> You know, and I was like, this is it. This is like the big sell-off moment. Like, this is what's going to trigger us into this 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 much-needed correction phase in our in our economy. Yeah, you know? circuit breakers were going off daily. Yeah, it was just, but luckily, like, you know, that, that money printer, like, rescued us from yeah. <laughs> impending doom, but only to, you know, make the drop even more painful when it comes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah that was definitely a huge opportunity if you would have bought in at that time you, you basically 10 extra money within like eight eight months or so eight yeah. to nine months that's, that's crazy unreal, dude no that never happens yeah <laughs> like well unless you're you're like buying shit coins you know what i mean it's sure. <laughs> the only other time that can happen and even then you got to be extremely lucky true or you're just or like, in the bull cycle bull cycle and you got to have your eyes on the right sector the right you gotta be focused on the right things that should lead us back into the polka dot discussion yeah, yeah so let's let's jump right back into this polka dot man <clears throat> yeah so polka dot very similar in terms of its dynamics to ethereum but way more utility like useful friendly all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah um, there's, there's there's core features in addition and whatnot that I mean, we're just kind of like giving it like fluffy attributes without really explaining it. But definitely, like in future videos, like there, there's core, like, um, like SDK like features that available to you know these blockchain developers that other platforms don't have. And that's always that's like our philosophy, right? With with developing MetaZone, it's like we our goal is to make developing easier. That's right. For game developers in the metaverse, right? Because right now it is very complicated. It is is not user friendly. <laughs> it's not sustainable, right? These are all like huge looming issues. Why we're not seeing like, you know, uh, like a, a Cambrian explosion of like good development happening, right? Yeah, for sure. Every now and then we see like little nuggets of it, but we need to see more. So what's lacking is the tool set for that. So Polkadot is kind of like they're the same philosophy. They're providing the tool set for these blockchain developers to, to build actual scalable dApps. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so those tools include inter, interoperability. So Polkadot enables cross-blockchain transfers of any type of data or asset, not just tokens. Yeah. And then so so this means that you could swap tokens from different blockchains with each other using Polkadot. 
And so the requirement is that all these different blockchains need to be using substrate, which is which that's what allows you to be interoperable within the Polkadot ecosystem. Yeah. And that's huge because like like we've already identified Ethereum has the network effect. You know, p- people trust the Ethereum ledger at this point. It's got a, like what, eight, seven, eight, nine year track record or something like that. That's Six, right. Seven years. It's got that. So it's, 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 I think it's been proven like trying to battle Ethereum is a losing battle at this point. Like yeah. you can't, we're not, you're not going to beat it. So the only strategy, viable strategy is Just to join is it, interoperating with it. Yeah. yeah. Enhancing it, you know, becoming bros basically. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you got to be bros with Ethereum, man. So, so far, so good. Yeah, and, and also this goes back to our interview with uh, Andreas Antonopoulos where he said that there's going to be many chains, one network. Yeah. And and so there's there's been projects who talked about this before, like Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for one reason or another, it's just not the same as when, you know, somebody, uh, an original, an OG from Ethereum is building a, a network for different blockchains. Yeah, uh, if anything, he just siphoned some of that network effect himself. That's right. Yeah, because everyone knows this guy. Like, apparently, Gavin Wood was the actual developer behind Ethereum. He did all the coding. From yeah, what I heard. He, yeah, he developed the smart contracts. Yeah, he wrote Solidity, I think. Yeah. So, so this guy's obviously he's no slouch. Yeah, he's you know? that's that's why he's got the gravity. I mean, as soon as this token launched, it was a billion dollar project already. Yeah. Off the rip. Yeah. Everyone's like, what the fuck? What the hell's Dot, dude? Like, yeah. Where did, that, where did that shit come from? You yeah, know? I remember I we got... talked about it for the first time. You're we like, well, this is an unfortunate name. Yeah. Yeah, like, come on, man. We're going to have to say Polka Dot for the rest of our lives? Yeah. Like, on, <laughs> I mean, I remember when I first heard of Ethereum, I was like, man, that's a weird word. But isn't that like the culture of like developers? Don't they do this? Like, isn't like... Yeah, they, they come up with these systems are named like stupid shit like yeah. fucking raspberry like peanut and stuff yeah. like, that. <laughs> <laughs> like like they do this shit. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a meme among these devs, right? Like yeah. They're building like hardcore tech, but they're naming it like stupid shit just to like it's like I don't know. dude, did you check out my raspberry pie? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like a weird flex. Yeah, yeah. Know? Weird flex among the devs. Um so yeah, I, w- I would definitely check out their website. I don't know if uh, we should read read out everything here, but yeah, it'd be um, pretty boring. <laughs> I, I want to let's see. Oh, another another very interesting thing about Polkadot is its security for everyone. So what what does that mean? So different blockchains who use Substrate and Parachains and all that from Polkadot, the the tools of Polkadot, mm-hmm. they leverage the security of the entire ecosystem of of the Polkadot network. Mm. And so right now, if you develop your own blockchain, you have to rely on the community. Your community has to go and mine tokens or, uh, you know, secure the network by processing transactions. Becoming nodes and shit like that. Becoming nodes, yeah, exactly. And so it's a huge barrier for your project to have the security. And so Mm. what Polkadot does is it provides the tools for... If you enter, if you start using their technology, you are leveraging their security um, mm-hmm. for your blockchain. So, I mean, that's a huge benefit. That it's mean, fucking huge. Yeah, it allows developers to focus on what they should be developing. Right? Like, yeah. you shouldn't have to reinvent the wheel every fucking time you want to spin up a new like DAP or whatever. Yeah, that's right. You know? It shouldn't be like plug into what already exists, build your product, boom, like you're you're in. You know? Yeah. So, so the chains remain independent in their governance, but united in their security. So that's a very, you know, interesting thing for the Polkadot development team to think about is that they're, they're allowing these different projects to leverage the security, which, which is really smart. Hmm. So I think that was like one of the main things that I wanted to point out from, from Polkadot. Of course, they're staking. Um, but Polkadot is a platform for different projects. And one of the projects, and if you want to see the different projects right now, when we first looked at this a few months ago, it was about 100 and change in different projects on Polkadot. So according to this website, uh, polkaproject.com, there's roughly 325. So already like a, a tripling of... Uh, yeah, since, since a few months 20. ago when we talked about it. That's incredible. Yeah. That's crazy. 
So, I mean, yeah, man, I think this, this explosion is imminent. I think, I mean, just because the timing is perfect. The, the, the demand is, is could never be higher <laughs> for something like this. Right. Yeah. It's just, uh, there's no way we can like live with ourselves if we just like ignored this. Yeah, absolutely. As if like, it's not something to be paying attention to, to me at least. I, to you too, Will. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah, this is, you know, we've said this many times in the past is like, you know, when you're, when you first hear about a project like Bitcoin back in 2013 or earlier, everyone assumed that it was just a nothing burger, right? But yeah. you, you owe it to yourself to investigate what's going on, like what activity, what traction is happening, because, you know, that's how you make the right investment to get that 100x return. Yeah, and, exactly. I mean, you don't want to fucking like imagine Bitcoin in 2013. It was a few hundred dollars at at best. Yeah, it was a few hundred bucks. Yeah. And and yeah, even it, then, like even if you bought Bitcoin in 2013 at a few hundred bucks, you probably would have sold it before now. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to make the mistake of like you encounter something. And maybe it's a little difficult to understand. A little too complex. You, you, you're more comfortable with Ethereum, right? It's like, man, I just want to stick to what's comfortable to me, with what I already know. Yeah. So you're missing out on potentially like the biggest opportunities of your lifetime, you know? I've made that mistake in the past. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh, you encounter some kind of resistance among yourself, I guess. You just don't want to push through whatever it is in your head that's like, man, this is hard. <laughs> this is complicated. You know what's better than this? Like, let's go fucking play some video games. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, brain, let's go. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Bounce. You come back three, four years later, and then you 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 realize you just missed out on like life changing opportunity. You know, from that single decision in your life. Yeah. You know? So it's literally like that. So, I mean. Yeah, regrets the worst, dude. Huh? Regret. regret? Yeah, dude, especially if you have, like, anxiety issues like me. Those are the things that are literally living in your fucking brain 24-7. <laughs> All those little moments in your life that, like, where you fucked up somewhere, yeah. they, they live in your brain space, and that's it just interferes with everything. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I totally agree. Hopefully, hopefully, we can provide some valuable... Yeah, as Will scrolls through all of these projects, like... Yeah, and I'm scrolling through the sections, man. Not even, like, the whole list. Yeah. So obviously it's not going to be possible for us to cover every single one, right? I don't think that's a possibility. Yeah, I don't think so. Because by the time we get done with 325, there's probably going to be 2,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no way we can keep up with the growth rate of this platform. So more than likely, I don't know, we're just going to pick and choose whatever's interesting to us at the time, I guess. Yeah. I don't whatever. know. We're going to have to develop like a... Uh, oh, that Ren. We have to develop like some kind of mechanism of research, I guess, right? Oh, look, that's your favorite blockchain right there, dude. Chad's Chad's, VC. That's definitely my favorite. (laughs) Chad is the first deflationary meme token built on Polkadot. See? It's an on NFTs, dude. Very nice. There you go. That's what I meant. Like, this isn't just a DeFi ecosystem. This is general purpose, just like Ethereum. So you're going to see it all. Spider Dow. It was on that list that you showed me the other day with... um, God, what was it? Oh, Pokestarter? Pokestarter, that's what it was. Yeah, so most likely that's going to be one of the first ones we look into. Just because to me that that's fascinating because it's like it's it's a whole ecosystem growing within the Polkadot ecosystem. You yeah. Know, it's, think of it as like decentralized Kickstarter, you know, and how successful that platform is, you know, it's, at least as far as like bringing, bringing out innovation, right? So, yeah. Okay, we'll already pulled it up. You want to get, you want to jump into it? Yeah, so let's take a look at this. Take so, a look at Pokestarter. <clears throat> so Pokestarter.com, it's decentralized the way your ideas raise capital. So we were looking at this the other day, and we realized this is very close to ICOs back in 2017 in terms of selling a token and raising funds. Um, so then you and I were talking about how this was like even possible in terms of we've had the whole ICO crackdown. Why are we like trying to revisit it again? And yeah. I haven't, I haven't been able to determine like what the difference is. I think this is, I mean, it's not, well, I was going to say it's a lot less private, but here you go. All of them say private on, on their access. So <laughs> it's a lot more private than I think, but there had, 
these are like funding pools that see yeah we haven't done enough research dude <laughs> to like yeah. really even be talking about this to be honest <clears throat> yeah because the I mean, thing the most thing the thing i'm most interested in is is you as like a like a funding provider right because all these projects here listed they've all filled their funding requirements right it, all, it says filled on all their statuses right so i'm thinking there's some the incentive model for all of these pools has to be pretty good in order for them to fill up like this yeah you know? i don't think it's just tokens i think there's something else going on here that we need to look into <clears throat> i mean you know you could use this as a tool poker starter to look at what projects actually got funded and then look into them and if you believe that uh, you know there's some some traction here some use cases like for example exceed me it's power it's a it's a blockchain powered tournament platform allowing gamers at all skill levels developers and organizers to monetize their skills yeah. so if you're into that space and you you understand like the potential market cap for something like this then it's something to look into right it's something to uh yeah. you know peruse on uniswap because i think yeah. it's on there yeah i mean automatically though like uh the first thing that we need to look into is is uh how does this platform like curate which projects get listed on it you know if it's truly decentralized and i'm thinking it's some kind of community thing right oh i see yeah or sure. is, is the team who built this platform are they just like picking and choosing who gets who gets to get funded through this platform yeah all these questions you know how truly decentralized is this you know can can anybody can we come on here and be like hey we want some money yeah right <laughs> you know fund us like yeah. can we do that i don't know like how how open is this i would imagine that it's limited to projects on polka dot but hold on scroll back up see it says pools created check that pools created okay no uh i i think pools joined and pools created is like it's like a what you have done <laughs> have you created a pool oh. have you joined a pool gotcha 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 yeah okay well, I mean, that's their big tagline, dude. Decentralize the way your ideas raise capital. So, yeah, understanding how decentralized this ecosystem is is big. But like you said, the main the main thing to take away from just this brief glance over Pocus Charter is that it's definitely aggregating projects, right? So it's a good place to start if you're looking to see like uh, some like micro cap startups, you know, yeah. emerging from this ecosystem. Yeah. So uh, so a lot of people have talked about them already. And so we have cross-chain swaps, full KYC integration. So there's some regulatory indicators here. Uh, fixed and dynamic swaps, governance model, anti-scam features, and permissionless listing. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Permissionless. Well, I was <clears throat> I'm hoping to see like a lot more like garbage then. <laughs> yeah, right. Things, things that aren't getting filled, you know, like... If it's truly permissionless, it should be as much of a minefield as like a Uniswap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uniswap is, is truly decentralized, you know, which I, I like it that way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's yeah. obviously not the safest platform, but it's true to its its promise. Yeah, ultimately, it's it provides equal access to tokens, and that's that's most important because... In the United States, if you're not rich, you're not allowed to play. You're not allowed to even potentially make a bunch of money, essentially. Yeah. So in, the, in this case, allowing anyone equal access to funding is equally important. Because like, like we know, not much can be built without proper funding. So. Yeah. And most importantly of all is that we have the founders here. And they're showing their faces. And they've done yeah. interviews and everything. So... At the very minimum, this is a low potential for a rug pool. Yeah, that's true. So that that, that in itself makes it like worthy of uh, further investigation. You know, I mean, so, it, <clears throat> what is this? Aggregate monthly volumes for decentralized trading platforms. So I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what the context is in for Pokestarter for this, but uh. 
Uh, tightening regulations for centralized platforms and the hype surrounding DeFi are pushing DEX trading activities to new heights. So as soon as the regulatory arm starts pushing people around, then people start using decentralized platforms. I remember it wasn't too long ago where you and I were talking about how <coughs> DEXs are heavily underused. And now all of a sudden, like Uniswap has a billion dollar token and that's all we, that's all we use now. Yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't. It's because uh, they cracked the liquidity issue, dude. They they figured out how to get people to to provide liquidity. That's right. To these tokens, you know. That's right. That was the big issue with dexes. You know, everyone was f- fine and dandy. You know, like pushing aside their their crypto beliefs of like decentralization, just to use like platforms like Binance and whatnot, just because of the ease of you know user experience because of the liquidity they had. Yeah. You didn't have to worry about waiting around to execute your orders and whatnot. Yeah, so I mentioned... <laughs> yeah, this is definitely the wave for sure. Yeah. yeah, agreed. So I mentioned the word substrate, and what that means is any blockchain built with substrate will be natively compatible with Polkadot. So when the mainnet comes, you can connect the Polkadot as a parachain. And mm-hmm. then so the, the next question is, well, what, what the hell is a parachain? A parachain is an application-specific data structure that is globally coherent and validatable by the validators on the Polkadot relay chain. So most commonly, a parachain will take the form of a blockchain, but there is no specific need for them to be actual blockchains. So it could be... Uh, uh, I, I, what's the other one? The uh, not, not the acrylic... Uh, the lattice blockchain. Mm. So you could use that instead of a blockchain. So they take their name from a concept of parallelized chains that run parallel to the relay chain. So essentially, you use Substrate to create your your blockchain platform, and then um, and then once you connect it to the Polkadot ecosystem, it becomes a parachain. So a parallel chain to the Polkadot relay chain. So that's how you leverage that security. Yeah, there's basically that's what they talk about here. they're basically just like layer twos, right? Essentially. Like, uh yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, just to As visualize it, right? For, to a, an Ethereum mm-hmm. native like ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the difficulty Ethereum. Like we, Ethereum as a platform, they have to build these layer two solutions after the fact. After you know, but Polkadot has them built in. You know, and they haven't even distributed them yet. I don't think. Right. Apparently, there's like <clears throat> this month, like over the next few months, there's a lot of like infrastructure, like uh, like key moments for for this ecosystem for Polkadot. As far as like yeah, securing parachain slots. So it's it's going to be incredibly important. I'm pretty sure we're going to cover it closely. As far as like figuring out which projects actually secure a parachain slot because they're limited. Yeah. You know? And this hasn't launched yet, so. Now projects are beginning to onboard, and this is going to go mainnet, and, and we're going to see some some magic this year, that's for sure. Yeah, dude, it's going to be fucking lit. I can't wait. Yeah, dude. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, so uh, we're going to keep an eye on that. Um, we're about 58 minutes in. So we had, just to sum up everything that's occurred in the last couple of weeks, um, we had an event. And we're running that in Decentraland at the moment. Um, what else? What else we got going on? Yeah, the event is is basically finally the coming out party for these like these weapons. Yeah, the, the we- yeah the weapons are huge, and then also Ethereum. I mean Ethereum. Uh, Ethermon has their battle um, stuff happening. You know, in the next couple of weeks. So, man. There's a lot of stuff happening in Decentraland, but this is like this this other polka dot ecosystem as well as DeFi is is what's hot right now. So we're definitely gonna keep keep up to date with all that stuff. Yeah. And as these as this uh Decentraland development keeps rolling out, for sure, we're gonna talk more about it for sure. We should probably record like an, an additional, I don't know, Decentraland focused episodes yeah soon. actually we do need to do that because we got to talk about the dow uh we got to figure out some way to i don't know encourage people to participate 100 percent. yeah so then for 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 now let's close this out yep thank you guys for watching and listening but i guess 
click somewhere, right? Will, whenever you yeah. edit this, yeah, yeah. to down, our down below. discussion. Down yeah. below. Okay, this way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> down below. What, uh, we'll be talking about Decentraland shenanigans. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Runner and at Metazone.io. And thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next week. All right, we're out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at TheBlockRunner.